Adam Sandler sings for Drew Barrymore. We wish Hayden Christensen would step back from that ledge. And you add a little coach, Vanity, and Carl Weathers and brother. you got an Action Jackson stew going. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everybody to 302010, the internet's pop culture time machine. We're gonna travel back in 1998, 19 we're gonna travel back in time to 1988, 1998, and 2008, February 9th through the 15th, talk about all the movies, news. TV, video games, all that stuff. All that stuff that happened in that week in history. We are in February 9th to the 15th. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? I'm ready for 90s nostalgia. I'm Matt J. And I'm Diana Goodman from a secure, undisclosed location. I'm a, I'm on assignment uh, having a cold. I'm, I'm calling in from my bunker deep under the Earth's crust. <laughs> <laughs> we'll grab a blanket, Diana. We have a bunch of weird movies. Probably Adam Sandler's biggest movie in almost no notable games. That's a terrible tease, but we're going to talk about all that and more in just a bit. I know you can't see me right now, 302010 listeners, but I assure you I'm a wearer of glasses. I've always wanted to take the plunge into getting contact lenses, but I've been a little nervous about the cost, how many doctors I have to see, but I've been a little nervous about things like insurance or cost or how many doctors I have to talk to, but Simple Contacts is making all of that easier and cheaper. And you can save yourself an additional $30 by going to simplecontacts.com slash T3 and entering code T3 at checkout. That's the letter T and the number three. Diana's husband, Michael, did it a few months ago, and he made it sound easy peasy. Simple Contacts offers all the brands of lenses you're familiar with, and you can reorder them from anywhere at your convenience. Simple Contacts even lets you renew your prescription from your phone or computer, where it can be reviewed by a licensed doctor so you can reorder your contacts. How's that for technology, huh? Bear in mind, this is not a replacement for your periodic eye health exam, but at 20 bucks. It's a reliable and much cheaper way to make sure your eyes are healthy because every test is carefully reviewed by licensed ophthalmologists to make sure your vision hasn't changed at all. Without insurance, all this could cost you hundreds of dollars. But Simple Contacts is all about saving you money. Hey, they even pay for shipping. But even beyond the savings, you can cut out all of those annoying doctor's offices and waiting rooms. And remember, you can save an additional $30 on your lenses just by going to simplecontacts.com T3 and entering code T3 at checkout. Starting as we always do in 1988, February 9th through the 15th, skipping over the news because there are an astounding amount of barely notable movies in uh, 1988. <laughs> I think when you have eight movies of this little renown, they equal all, they equal one excellent movie. So may, maybe one excellent segment. Stay tuned, people. Maybe you've seen one of these. I, I've i only seen uh, two of these, but there are yeah. so many movies. Yeah, I've seen week. two. And uh, Good Morning Vietnam continuing its streak at number one at the box office from last from late last year. Bunch of movies, though. The Eighth Happiness starring Chow Yun-Fat. He's having a good couple weeks. I know. Jesus, how many movies can you put out in Hong Kong every week? Uh, it's like ten. <laughs> That's how. Look at look at how many movies Jackie Chan's made. It's like a billion. Yeah, he just runs to another set in between takes and shoots another movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a comedy, actually. No shit. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Last of England. Man, again, one of those titles. Like, you want to guarantee I never see you? <laughs> yeah. Put the word and England a, in there. And it's a Derek Jarman joint, so it's going to be like all artsy fartsy, and maybe not even have a narrative, but. It's got, like, baby Tilda Swinton in it. She's, like, 22 or something. Yeah, and, like, I think the world is only recently aware of Tilda Swinton. I didn't even know she was working in 1988. But she's, yeah. like, she's like 100, though, right? So yeah, it doesn't matter. Ageless. An ageless nymph. She could be 1,000. <laughs> 
Um, we also have A Tiger's Tale with Anne Margaret, uh, C. Thomas Howell. That's Pony Boy in Kelly Preston, <laughs> Mrs. Travolta. We got uh, May December Romance, which I was just sort of like, yeah, this looks fine, whatever. And then I watched the trailer, and the names of these characters <laughs> were so amazing that I think we might have to listen to it. Bubba Drum thought he was looking for something until something came looking for him. Bubba? Yes, ma'am. Rose Butts thought she <laughs> You can't be much over 30. Oh, yes, I can. Okay, hold on. So the main characters are named Bubba Drummer? Bubber. Bubber Drum and Rose Butts. Yes, there's yep. there's also Charlie and Sh- Charlie Drum, Shirley Butts, Claudine, Randy, Sinclair, and Buddy. Those who, are the names of the characters in this film. Who cast this movie? Tim and Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. But Rose Butts? Yeah, but it's got Kelly I'm Preston. Sorry. If I met Thomas someone Howell. that they said they wanted to be called Bubber, I'd be like, mm, no. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. No. You're Daniel. No. That's <laughs> yeah. Daniel forever. <laughs> my name is Kevin. You're Daniel. <laughs> uh, we also have another film I've never heard of in my life. Sister, Sister. No, not the TGIF. Ah, sitcom. damn it. Not the TGIF no show, but uh, got good old gothic horror romance sort of drama. I love these kinds of movies. Uh, with Jennifer Jason Lee, Judith Ivey, and Eric Stoltz. Deep within the bayou. Two sisters share a private world and a terrible secret. A secret that can never be told. Is there something you're not telling me here? A secret that can never be told. That's what we're not telling you. Um, I, Ooh, I love shit like that. Anything that starts with, in the bayou, there is a secret. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> nah, E is bayou or GTFO. I just rewatched that. It was fucking great. And I have not seen this in forever, but School Days, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Giancarlo Esposito, Tisha Campbell, Ozzie Davis, Spike Lee. And we'll be sending your customers back to school this September with School Days at the very top of their mind. We're booking both national network radio and a massive 25 market airwave raid, featuring local promotions and video cassette giveaways. What the? F- that's Wait, not even a trailer. That's yeah, like a. Prom- I should, yeah, I should have mentioned I that I was so happy I found that because I found the trailer, which is the same, and then there's like a promo version for like local theater chains and like small oh, businesses love- to get involved in this in the urban market. Thank you. So I love it when I find those things. I found one when we were doing an Elm Street Nightmare for the Dream Warriors, and it's Freddy Krueger standing in front of like a PowerPoint presentation on how many VHSs <laughs> oh this is going to sell. I think, I think we watched that episode through of the competition. Time, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, I, yeah. I miss that era so much. When- so I just, I, I didn't even like line up Spike Lee's filmography in mm-hmm. my head to realize like, okay, he does like, she's got to have it in school days and there's sort of comedies. And I think it's next year he does do the right thing, which is just a masterpiece. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, his previous movies were like these sort of like wacky college stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, he's like the most prolific. He can make any kind of movie. I mean, yeah. he made the best. Uh, do- he made he makes awesome documentaries. Yeah. He made a documentary yes. about Michael Jackson's Bad. Have you seen that? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's, it's called Bad Twenty Five. It aired on like CBS, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't even think it's on DVD. I think it only aired on CBS, and you have to like torrent it now. But it's, it's made fantastic. more movies. I think we've only talked about She's Got to Have It and Get on the Bus, but those are two drastically different films yeah. Yeah. shot in drastically different ways. I love Spike Lee so much, and uh, Chirac was. Uh, uh, last year, yes, oh, and that's a crazy movie. Yeah. That's not last year or two movies. years ago. 
that Something was like that. difficult to watch for me. Yeah. That was the one oh, I was, like, I was like, I can't, I can't sit all the way through this. But we got to keep going. <laughs> there are still like four movies left. Uh, Shoot to Kill with Sidney Poitier, Tom Berenger, and Christy, Kirstie Alley. Uh, it's the most generic. Kind of, I mean, it's a generic title. It's got a really generic trailer, but it's very 80s, so I like it. <laughs> An unstoppable killer is on the loose. A killer no one has ever seen in a place no one has ever been. Jump! Oh! Enter FBI Special Expert Warren Stanton. This man is mine. It's the very best. Shoot down! Against the very worst. I'm going to pull the trigger! And only one will survive. Sidney Poitier, Tom Berenger. Let her go or die! Shoot to kill. This is so cool. I love I love those old eighties action movies where like there's no te- there's no real effects other than stuntmen mm-hmm. being thrown <laughs> off of things. Yeah, Tom well, Berenger's not going to slide over the hood of a cop car. We got to get a we got to get a stuntman with a with a pompadour wig. What was it shot of a guy like in a tarp? Yeah, just, there was like, a guy trying through like, a parking sneak. structure. I don't know. It better been bulletproof. <laughs> he's like in the Mickey and Friends parking structure with he, a he had the Marauders a, map on. He's his got head. a Christmas tree skirt around him. <laughs> These are all visual jokes. It'd be more funny if you saw the trailer we did. But watch uh, the trailer. See, see Sidney Poitier, Poitier shooting some honkies. Uh, <laughs> Man, we're gonna get to oh, some we'll hockey get shooting. To that. Uh, Satisfaction, uh, starring Justine Bateman, Liam oh, Neeson, man. and Shane Alvarado. This, wow. Uh, this this is kind of a, an adorable movie in that it's so like, who gives a shit? I mean, it's about like a girl band and their loves, their lives, they're trying to make it, and it's sort of like people only remember it as an asterisk of like, oh, this is a big Julia Roberts movie before Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Everyone forgets. Also, Liam Neeson's in it, yeah, but it's a Justine weird. Bateman vehicle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Liam Neeson hadn't quite Stupid. figured out his accent yet. Oh, it's weird. It's all been leading <laughs> up to he this. Looks, he looks like 40 years older than all the other characters. Like, he still has, like, gravitas, and Justine Bateman's like, gosh, I mean, she's so cute. I love Justine Bateman, but it's like, that's that's like your dad. I think that's <laughs> why he's, he's still able to do action movies now, like, actually 40 years later, because he always <laughs> looked 100. It'd be like if Steve Martin made an action movie, he'd be like, what is he, like 30? He's, he's, uh, Liam Neeson has emerged as a much better John McCain than Bruce Willis can ever be. John McClane. John McClane, my bad. John McClane, yes. Oh, because he got taken? Yeah, he, well, he can survive brain cancer. <laughs> what? That was a, that was There was no reason to make that reference. Uh, yes, but a much better John McClane. He's much better like, I believe this guy can get hurt, but I also believe he's a badass mm-hmm. and will just keep moving. I like a Bruce Willis who wasn't captured. Yeah, uh, but it's all been leading up to this, in my opinion. Carl Weathers, Vanity, Craig T. Nelson, and Sharon Stone in Action yeah. Jackson. Why do they call you Action anyway? Catch a cab. Now I got you. He's a cop who carries no weapon. This Jackson is so vicious, we don't even let him have a gun. He's a maverick who answers to no one. You like to let boys arm off. He had a spare. <laughs> He's a man who's no talk. I bet I can make you change your mind. And all action. How do you like your ribs? Man, you know he said fucker after that. Holy shit. Why would they waste that awesome quip in the trailer? Yeah, music by Herbie Hancock. Holy shit. Yeah. Action Jackson. 1988's Action Jackson. Kind of like, I don't know. I just watched, like, TCM played a bunch of uh, black exploitation movies, including Superfly. Mm-hmm. That happened when I was on break. I watched some of those, too. Yeah, I, lo- I love this kind of stuff. And I just, I, Action Jackson was like the last, it's like your last stop on the black exploitation train. Yeah, and, I guess so. That is, it, it's kind of informed by that. And it came out in 1988, and it's it's really it's a really fun 80s movie as well. It's Carl Weathers doing a good job as a, in a starring turn post Predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to make him into a leading man, and it never really took. But he's I mean he's so much better as this weird comedy relief he's mm-hmm. become in his later years. 
Uh, but he's he's so he's just it's a fun stupid ass movie. It's so stupid. I think there's like multiple times where someone's like, "So why do they call you Action Jackson?" And then he like blows someone up with a rocket launcher. He's in the... and he's like, "They didn't put mustard on my hot dog." And again, unlike both. <laughs> wow, Liam... that's why they call you Action Jackson. It's like, is there any other dialogue in this movie? <laughs> unlike both Bruce Willis and Liam Neeson, he's. Firing a rocket launcher while shirtless and greased up. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. <laughs> and this is not in the, in, the, in the jungle of Puerto Rico. It is on the streets of L.A. The jungles of Puerto Rico. Yeah, it looks, it looks amazing. I, 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 would, I meant to watch this movie again. I had so much fun with it. And I, I, it was fascinating just because when if you were a kid of the 80s, you saw the word Lorimar on like mm-hmm. every TV Lorimar. show. It's a Lorimar movie. Yeah. And they were they were really prolific, and I think just sold all their studio assets. And the way Carl Weathers described it, this movie did really well on a small budge, budget, mm-hmm. and would continue to do well. And because and then Lorimar got acquired shortly afterwards. And so, they made TV stuff after that, right? Well, no, they, they made, made TV, TV stuff the whole time. Yeah. They like graduated from TV. Lorimar, bit a bit a bit but they got bought out by Sony and Warner Brothers. They just wanted their library and closed down the studio altogether. And Warner Brothers and or Sony didn't show that much interest in any of their franchises. Mm-hmm. But this could have been a really cool franchise. Yeah, Action yeah. Jackson Two. Mm-hmm. Why is there no Action Jackson Two to taking the streets back? <laughs> there is a t- action harder. There is a 2014 one. That I've never heard what? of. The cover what? the cover looks like a No Limit Records album cover. It, <laughs> it, it, I've never heard of it, but I, I don't know. This movie, it was so much fun. It was on it was on HBO all the time. Is it a new Action Jackson, or is it him? Uh, no, it's not Carl Weathers at all. <laughs> not in 2014. <laughs> he probably shows up in it, though, right? He was too busy doing Arrested Development Season 4 cameos. Um, <laughs> Who is Vanity? Vanity is a Prince protege, right, Di? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. What, wait, what else was she in? Was she in Last Dragon? No. Yes. Oh, maybe. I want to say yes. Mm, and Sharon Stone been in other stuff like this and Sharon Stone who's gonna come up in the next segment is mm-hmm. like a big fancy movie star lady she did so many of these and like nobody noticed yeah totally I, Total Recall as well she's she that's, was awesome I feel like that's recall. when people start going like oh hey as well as Mr. Incredible Craig T. Nelson but moving into <laughs> TV of February 9th to the 15th I think also I, if I remember correctly it has been a while since I watched this I think Craig T. Nelson gets in a kung fu fight with him, maybe? No, not coach. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's fighting, and it's weird to see Craig T. Nelson fight. Um, and a, a TV from in 1988, February 9th to the 15th. There is a theme forming uh, where we're we're in mid-season now, mm. so we're going to see a lot of shows start ending uh, this week and next week. Uh, most notably, on February 11th, The Charmings ends after <sighs> two seasons and 21 episodes. Did you guys talk about this when it premiered? No, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I think we did because this is the kind of show that's like, I don't remember if it was both me and Brett that was like, I thought I remembered this. And I thought maybe, did I dream that? Or no? Oh my God, that was really a show where Snow White and Prince Charming live in the <laughs> modern day mm-hmm. in a family sitcom. Yeah, we have it. Uh, it gets a little set up wow. in the intro, which we can watch right there. Once upon a time, there was a vain queen who was so jealous of her beautiful stepdaughter, Snow White, that she poisoned her with an apple. But a handsome prince came along and broke the spell. We know! Snow White and Prince Charming threw the wicked stepmother down a bottomless pit and lived happily ever after. But it turns out the pit wasn't bottomless, just very deep. And now the queen was very mad. With a spell so powerful, even she couldn't control it. She put the Charmings to sleep for a thousand years. She also got herself at one dwarf. Eventually, they woke up. <laughs> <laughs> this looks 
fantastic. It's okay. And you, I, kn- I did not get that the char- it's it's Prince Charming's last name. Yes, Prince oh. Charming, yes. who is named Eric uh, on the show. Could be Prince Eric. Uh, that's what I thought. I was like, it's the wrong prince. I guess but, you can. You have one more year to throw out Prince Eric. <laughs> but uh, you you know what a stomach I have for old sitcoms. This looks amazing. I could not make it through an episode of the show. Oh, it's man. so bad. The first it's so bad. The first joke is them moving into their new '80s house. So like, mm-hmm. it's what people didn't see in the clip, which they heard is you know when it's like, and then they made it to the '80s. Brandon and so we immediately see LA traffic because they moved to LA wow. and they uh, are being shown their beautiful house and but it moves they're... some calliope music to the sizzling saxophone of yes. every 80s sitcom and they're, they're how reacting... did they get a house do they have money I guess maybe they have gold or well, maybe they had a yeah, bank they, account they, they put one gold shilling in the bank a thousand years yeah, ago they, they oh, fill okay. a pay fried yeah. but uh, they one of the first jokes is like they have a TV and they're looking around like they, they know they're in the future mm-hmm. and a guy turns the TV on and Prince Charming like pulls a sword out and starts fighting the TV because there are men fighting on the TV oh that's right he just woke up yeah but but it's like how soon from them waking up in the future to them like getting it like getting into escrow with a house <laughs> <laughs> and, like doing open houses it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's awful it's like a bad sitcom version of Enchanted yes and the second season I, I was that was the first season opening mm-hmm. second season opening is much that that first season opening looks like a Whitest Kid You Know sketch. It, like, looks, it terrible. looks terrible. <laughs> the second one looks more like a real sitcom, and they had a bit more of a budget. But mm. I guess it wasn't enough because it only lasted twenty one seasons. One of them unaired. Uh, that's the, the charming. The next the next show I love going to bat for. And it's the last time you get to talk about it. Yes, because when people do, I love when people do parodies of like action heavy nineteen eighties Reagan era. <laughs> it's a parody of the movie we just talked about. In but a way. They, but they were. I love that Sledgehammer was already doing it. In the in that era, yeah, the show Sledgehammer. It's it was already re- self aware of its time. own. It yeah. was really ahead of its times. Already making fun of Dirty Harry while Dirty Harry movies were still being made. <laughs> yeah, like Dirty Harry Eight was in theaters. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but uh, Sledgehammer finale. I think I, we talked about it last year because they thought they were being canceled, so they ended the season one by destroying the world yes. and had to set Stephen, season two <laughs> two years ahead as a prequel because there was no Earth left mm. to shoot. The and we've show talked on. about it a couple times because you and I both love the show. We talked about the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. uh, but this is the finale finale. Uh, two seasons, uh, forty-one episodes though. That's yeah. a, that's a healthy amount for two seasons of a show that no one remembers except weirdos like us. Yeah, it's like and it's just one step up in subtlety from Naked Gun, but a pretty funny show. Yes, it it tries to be more real than that, mm-hmm. uh, which I was surprised by because this because uh, I've seen a few episodes, mm-hmm. but this finale it's called "Here's to You, Mrs. Hammer." Where uh, Hammer's ex-wife is getting married to his oldest best friend, Aww. and he just can't <laughs> accept that because he's this big he-man who doesn't listen to anyone. But it, this is the episode where he rethinks his whole life, where he's like, "I got to stop being a dick. I need to be better friend, be a better ex-husband, be just better to my coworkers." Uh, and I have the final scene here where he is talking to his uh, his sort of on and off uh, love interest, and it's a very human, real scene. It's nice. I don't want to live my life alone. I want. A living, breathing human being to share my life with. The good times and the bad. So, um, this is, isn't an easy thing for me to ask, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Will you marry me? Aww. Serious? No. <laughs> and then she just kind of like looks pissed and like puts her head in her hands because that's it. Like he, I think he believes what he's asking, but because he made such a big personal decision, mm-hmm. and to have her not immediately go yes, he he freaks out inside a little bit, and that's such a 
That's an interesting. That's how the show ends. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a great show. Remember, he destroyed the world in the last season finale. Yeah. Um, Do you remember when the show came to DVD, what a big deal it was? I, yeah, I think it was like, because it was one of those things like before YouTube, you couldn't even see. It was just like, mm-hmm. you remember this show that yeah. was really off the rails remember, and like, weird? I think like iMockery did an article about it. Yeah. And I was like, this show sounds amazing. And then it came to DVD and a bunch of like, you know, 30 year old TV nerds were like, I, yeah, oh my God, the show, like, I never thought I'd see this if on we DVD. Could briefly talk about that era. I had never heard of this show until DVD. And mm-hmm. I think a small, it might have been Shout Factory or Company like it. Was it was something like, like they, that. Yeah. They knew what it was worth. And they're like, no, we're going to pursue the hell out of this and try and create the ultimate sledgehammer package. I think it looks like shit. I think it's like it not even, <laughs> they couldn't even get good transfers of it, but it being on DVD is great. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this is, you guys, I'm not ever going to pass up an excuse to talk about a Disney TV special. Oh, I love it. Oh, no. uh, this is the, I love silly Disney Park specials. Otherwise is, known as the highest rated infomercials in television. Exactly. And this is the dumbest one of all of them because it's not even. It's not even fun to watch. Uh, this is Disney's Magic in the Magic Kingdom on NBC, and uh, it, it's perfectly set up by the opening. So let's watch uh, some of this clip. Tonight, we proudly present the world's finest magicians, gathered from every corner of the globe to mystify, amaze, and enchant. From Disneyland in Anaheim, California, it's Disney's Magic in the Magic Kingdom. With your host. George Burns and guests. <laughs> oh my gosh. Night Harry Anderson. <laughs> All right. Recording stars Gloria Estefan sure. and Miami Sound Machine. Famous Morgan Asian. Fairchild. <laughs> also from Night Court, Marky Bose. <laughs> Dear John Ratzenberger. Yeah. International Magician of the Year, Lance Burton. Husky artist Dean Gunnerson. The first family of magic, the Pendragon. Whatever happened to all these other television <laughs> yeah. musician, magicians? I did not uh, expect that Lance at all. Lance Burton, I think, has been in Vegas like this entire time. He's really? the only name I recognize of the magician. Yeah, I mean, I think unless he's you count Harry there. Anderson. Yeah, Harry Anderson, I know. Who is a? He started as a magician. Oh, and he then, started as like a fucking street rat. His story yeah. is fascinating. He's awesome. Yeah. And his daughter is super cool as well. She's a great actor. Uh, we're going to talk about him next week as well. Okay. Uh, so then the Winter Olympics start in Calgary, but we're not going to talk about it yet because next week's a little light and it continues into next week. So we'll talk yeah. about uh, we'll talk about the medals that we've won, other people have won next week. But uh, on the thirteenth, Mr. President ends. After- Diana, do you did you watch the show? I'm sure you did because of the star. I tried. I watched a little bit of it because I was like, wait, George C. Scott plays the president yeah. on a sitcom, <laughs> um, and he's he seems to be doing it, some work like he's not the super writing is just not there i don't know how they assembled like a cool cast for a funny idea mm-hmm. and then the writing is just so flat yeah it's uh it was created by johnny carson's company carson mm. productions uh sorry, yeah sorry george c scott uh premiered on may 3rd 87 this is the finale after two seasons and 24 episodes such hammer had almost twice as many episodes as wow. a network sitcom uh, and uh, it was part of it was it was one of the Fox premiere shows. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first lineup of Fox shows with Married with Children, Tracy Ullman, and Duet. So I assume that it was talked about in that episode of Laser Time about uh, network premieres. Uh, it was a long time ago. Maybe you probably, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. But everybody, go look up that episode. It's a great episode. Uh, but we have a clip of uh, some of the jokes you'd hear on this show. Well, let's see. Charlie, strip poker. I got a, a four, a five, and the seven of diamonds. What do you got? Three aces. I guess it's just not your lucky night, don't you? <laughs> I guess not. Ah, no, not the shirt. 
I thought I explained the rules of King's Whimsy very carefully. You see, the wild card parlay with clubs rampant demands the trouser sacrifice. <laughs> Making Conrad Bain take his pants off? Yes, Conrad uh, Bain is his... Uh, well, it's like, man, if this had just been a single camera like Veep, this could have been pretty funny. Mm. Well, that's the thing. George C. Scott is not a sitcom actor. He does no. not want to act like oh, you're on a sitcom. my executive groin. <laughs> But that could work because he's such a great straight man. And when he does go yeah. crazy, like in, you know, Dr. Strangelove, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But he had to be tricked into doing that. That's true. <laughs> that's the, that's that the difference is between George C. Scott and working on a sitcom. And, but, uh, yeah, it's got that lay in the spad sitcom pacing and the laugh track. It's just, <laughs> no. Yeah. I love it. It's that, bad. that scene visually, a bunch of old men playing strip poker. So, of course, they have, like, polka dot ghost and goblins boxers yeah. and wife beaters that's how they get nude it's like him and his i think it's like his secret service and his chief of staff mm-hmm. uh which would be his uh oh what's the character from the west wing his chief of staff oh is awesome. shit the guy like, who died like his best friend yeah, yeah. Uh, john spencer yeah it yes is. it's like it's like him uh but that's tv for the week that's a fun week in tv totally and it's a notable <laughs> yeah. week for games hell uh, yes yes if you were in japan at the time dragon quest 3 debuts kind of solidifying it as a Japanese institution. This it, this creates the urban legend of you're not allowed to put Dragon Quest out on a school day. Well, it, it does because Dragon Quest 3 was a phenomenon that sold incredibly well in Japan. Nintendo put most uh, many efforts to get it to make a big hit in the U.S. up to and including, I think, giving this game specifically away with a subscription in Nintendo Power. I think that was the first one. No, there was a time the where they gave one? two and three away with Whoa. a subscription because they made so many copies and they didn't sell here. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo helped publish it for Square, the Final Fantasy makers. But yeah, it's this whole weird reversal in Japan. Dragon Quest is way bigger than Final Fantasy. Here, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy is, is way bigger than Dragon Quest. But it created that rumor, and it, 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 it might be more than a rumor, but this might be... I'll call it the straw truth that it. broke the camel's back. Dragon Quest Three sold over 1 million copies on the first day. Which is crazy. Yes. That will never happen. Which, which I mean, it's, it happens occasionally with like your GTA Today, but you, yeah. it's, it's a much smaller world. Games are not that big. This mm-hmm. game is huge. But it also resulted with almost 300 arrests for truancy among students' <laughs> absence from school to purchase the game. And we're living in a world where, you know, like Dragon Ball and Monster Hunter, two Japanese games, come out on a Friday because Japan pushed game release dates to Friday mm-hmm. from the middle of the week to keep kids in school so they wouldn't have another repeat of the Dragon Quest yeah. truancy of 1988. And you can't say enough about Dragon Quest Three. It's one of the greatest games ever. Mm-hmm. It's possibly the best dragon quest i think i've never played it five is i think five is my favorite but this it's so 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 good it's just if you're looking for like classic uh you know 80s jrpg like this is it distilled to perfection mm. it's it's so good i track down um i mean it's on ios that versions it is. those versions are never the best mm-hmm. but uh, if you can get a hold of the game boy color version that came out here mm-hmm. it's great it's perfect really, I, play, play it in your Game Boy SP and it's it's oh, so somebody good. needs to do swear needs to make a collection of all their Game Boy Color and Advance remakes of their Absolute, old RPGs they're kind yeah. of the definitive versions Final Fantasy ones all that shit would be so perfect ah boy but moving the music of 1988 February 9th to the 15th new releases none but yep. uh, Tiffany's could have been his number one and we will take you out with that but stay tuned because we, we when we return we will be back in 1998 <laughs> This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. 
Today we'll be talking about comic strips. Comic strips. How do you get sound effects for comic strips? Well, we're going to talk about uh, certain uh, certain criteria for comic strips, but mostly about these stealth pilots that you never saw as an excuse to talk about comic strips. So what you're going to end up hearing is maybe these characters you know by name but have never heard speak before in your life. People you've known for... 30, 40, 50, 60 years talk for the first time. Are we going to hear Lorenzo music in this episode? Uh, no, not once. I don't, oh, no. have, I don't have him at all, but you'll figure out what this is from. <laughs> so it's hard to know how far a comic circulates. I would say there's a substantial portion of newspaper readership who doesn't see the comic pages. They're there for the fucking news. There are so many things in newspapers that it's like, this is for one niche group mm-hmm. and no one else. Little and League scores? I, how sad. How sad is <laughs> no, your life? No, TV Guide? No. <laughs> Bridge. bridge My newspaper was small enough that they ran the bridge column on the comics page. So it was like this weird little. It it was like the page. The jumble was there too, right? It was like the raisin in the Halloween bag. (laughs) (laughs) That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Coming in with a neutral milk motel, Holland 1945. Get excited, hipsters. Off the uh, In the Airplane Over the Sea, which was released this week. Other new releases uh, include Let It Come Down by James Aha. Iha. Uh, Facing the Animal by Y. Um, oh, I cannot pronounce that. Yingui Malmstein? Yeah. yeah. You don't know Yingui Malmstein? Do not. Uh, Terraform by Shellac and uh, Vulev. Oh, how do you say well, that? Well, Welve. Welve by Ricky Martin and Together Ricky Again by uh, Janet Jackson is still numero uno. Moving into movies this week, uh, Titanic still number one. I don't know uh. how many. Should we just... Should we just make a note when Titanic isn't number one? Let's just make a drop. Okay. I'll I'll see you in November. But two big notable movies this week. I promised a friend of mine I would rewatch this, so I did while working. uh, Just where I was glancing over, because I didn't like it very much because of the ending. And that didn't affect it that much on this viewing. This is uh, Sphere, starring Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, Samuel L. Jackson, Leah Shriver, and Queen Latifah. In the 8,000 years of recorded history, this is a first. You are now online with an alien intelligence. Its name is Jerry? He's happy. What happens if Jerry gets mad? Mmm. Mm. I, I only know this as a joke on Mission Hill about how Dustin Hoffman is not in good movies anymore. Uh, people love this movie, though. Do they? What? Yes. Yeah. Who? Uh, yeah, uh, like, I want their names. names. I, well, it, here's a movie I don't love. Event Horizon. It's like The Abyss meets Event Horizon. I feel like people give Event Horizon more credit than it really deserves. It's visually it's more interesting. Yeah, it looks yeah, cool, but it, it's like... It's, it's all right. I finally watched it for the first time, and I... I quite enjoyed it yeah. compared to this though it's better than this this is a Michael Crichton adaptation from director Barry Levinson those are always good and, oh both of those things are always good movies it's a it's a sentient spaceship at the bottom of the sea it's it's a very tense horror movie and I just remember to spoil the ending it's like what if what if we just forget it ever happened so they all forget it ever happened yeah and they win and Dustin often dies right 
Uh, no. He doesn't? Only... The fucking Queen Latifah does, and that's bullshit. In one oh. of the best, if not only, jellyfish attack sequences ever put on film. <laughs> uh, that episode of Friends? No, I, I, when Chandler I, peed on Monica's leg? Okay, but he didn't die. Uh, but yeah, Sphere, Sphere came out, uh, did it did pretty well, but nothing's going to unseat Titanic. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Man, Hollywood made a ton of money, a ton of money this year. This is a big week. Emphasized by this, probably like the most historically beloved Adam Sandler movie. Probably, yeah. Before the internet, before cell phones, before rollerblades, there was a time. Everybody on the dance floor. Very nice, Grandma Molly. When Robbie Hart was the most popular wedding singer around. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Like a record, baby, right round, round, round. Hey, somebody get some pants on that kid. Until he got stood up at his own wedding. I woke up this morning and I realized I'm about to marry a wedding singer? Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! <laughs> uh, I, I don't... I like other Adam Sandler movies more than this, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is a really subdued Happy Madison production. Well, I... What I always think about this movie uh, is it's... This is kind of Punch Drunk Love before Punch Drunk Love because it mm. takes the Adam Sandler character and the Adam Sandler character behavior mm-hmm. and puts them in a realer world with realer responses to yeah. those things. Whereas mostly Adam Sandler plays this giant man-child who everyone lets him do whatever he wants and date the hottest woman in the world mm-hmm. and go on all the vacations he wants and smash whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But in P.T. Anderson's movie, in this movie, people are like... No, that's not okay. I'm not going to marry you. You know, you're not. You're. It's well, your behavior is not okay. But he continues to do it and destroys his own life and makes him an alcoholic who hates himself. Yeah, yeah, and even like I feel like I. I wonder if this was written for him. I kind of get the feeling it was not. You don't and think I so? Think that makes the difference. No, like, it's 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 a Tim yeah, Hurley he joins. Do it. uh, it's a Tim Hurley he joins. So it's like right from. Uh, the happy madison brain trust uh but we got a better one but i think it was just the beginning it might be the beginning of happy madison obviously a production company named after happy gilmore and billy madison Mm -hmm. and the cameos in the movie steve buscemi for instance used sparingly and awesomely (laughs) and i think all of that would go on to be misinterpreted of what kind of movie they could make Mm -hmm. we don't have to be sweet or make a coherent story we can just be as wacky as we want bringing all our friends and I don't hate that. I really don't. In hindsight, I I like Big Daddy quite a bit, despite how much I make fun of it. Me too. And I uh, the, still commentary. Big other Daddy. one in between. <laughs> but but this is charming. I remember everybody. Everybody had this soundtrack. It was kind mm-hmm. of oh, it's huge. It yeah. felt like the best selling '80s compilation ever. Yeah. To me. Yeah, which is weird because I mean, as they point out, before cell phones, like, but in 1998, like. Uh, I didn't know people who had cell phones. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, this is nostalgia for like ten years before. Yeah, my parents weren't using the internet in 1998. That's another. Yeah. That's it. That'll come up um, when we talk in 2008 as mm-hmm. well. Is like, are we ready for this nostalgia yet? But uh, I, well, yeah. my cousin, my cousin that. who's ten years older than me, she lost her mind over this. It was the first, one of the first mainstream Hollywood movies to play into her era of mm-hmm. nostalgia ten years later. And I, I don't think any. They also hit that nail on the head. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and really nailed that shit. Also. Really good use of Carbone from Goodfellas as his brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and good use of Adam Sandler is a funny musical man. Yes. So to have that in a yep. film, I don't know why they haven't done that ten different times. Like, yeah, why is he some have, kind of singer? Yeah, have him do something musical again because he hasn't made an album in forever, and his last album kind of sucked. But yeah, he goes on and he still goes on tour every so often. I think that yeah. was what he did most recently. He did a new Hanukkah song not that oh, long ago. Was it like a couple years ago? But yeah, what he singer? just did it again. I don't know. If I, I am one. shocked when he gets really desperate. I think this is the movie they'll make a sequel to first. I welcome that. 
Yeah. Set, set in yeah. the 90s or the 2000s? Yeah, fourth collaboration with Drew Barrymore. Yes. Um, but yes, The oh, Wedding gosh, Singer yeah. came out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But TV for 1998, February 9th through the 15th. Uh, yes. Fired uh, Up ends on NBC. Fired that up is the ends. most stupid sitcom name that could fucking describe yeah. anything. Unless the, they're firefighters, there's no excuse for I this. I had to... I mean, when you read about it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's terrible. It's uh, Fired Up ends on NBC after two seasons, 28 episodes, five unaired. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the first from Gramnet Productions. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know whose name that pulls from? No, it sounds like an amalgam. Uh, it is of uh, someone else and Kelsey Grammer. It's his production <laughs> company. And he produced a show we're going to talk about in 08 as well. Uh, it starred Shannon Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Who uh, Diana, who's that? Oh, she was on uh, NYPD Blue. Yes. Uh, and uh, also Leah Remini. And her oh, first, no, her first real starring role in TV. She's they been in other stuff. Do they play sisters? Because they look a lot alike. I, they do not. They play friends. But you're right. They what? do look a lot alike. Um, so it's about a woman uh, played by Sharon Lawrence. Uh, both of them. They both get fired by their jobs, so they start a business as equal partners. Mm. But then you know they have fights and things involved with being partners. Uh, but they get fired up. They now own a company since because they got fired. Uh. The tagline was: First she got fired, then she got. Fired up. Uh, I puked on my mic. Uh, so we get a clip here with another a special guest who was also on the show who I love and I feel like has never gotten the career she deserves. All right. Hi, I'm Vine Andy as the kids for the weekend. I just signed my divorce papers and I am ready to celebrate with my best friend. Oh, you poor thing. It's going to be okay. I know. I'm fine. You're better off without Andy. I I know it may not seem that way right oh, now. Oh, no, no, it does seem that way right now. But one day, you're going to realize. Oh, no, I, I already do realize. See, this is me having realized. Ah, woo. <laughs> now, where's the ladies' room? Uh, it's up. <laughs> That's Nicole Sullivan, who, uh, yeah. who was wonderful. Oh, on, I love her. There's yeah. too many people on Mad TV who were fantastic that I don't see enough. Yes, they, most of them went into voice acting. <laughs> Turns out, and Nicole uh, Sullivan and Leah Remini kind of look alike and could be sisters too. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. I'm freaking out. And I know this from a segment I do on Talking Simpsons, Laser Times Weekly Chronological Breakdown of the, every episode of The Simpsons that Mad TV premiered. The same week uh, as the Million Man March. <laughs> so glad that I know that. So glad that I know that. Um, also oh. on February 9th, uh, put on those uh, put on those Vulcan ear Star Trek fans. Yes, this is an episode that uh, our loyal listener Daniel Fight made sure that we did not miss. This is Star Hi, Trek Danny. DS9, uh, Season 6, Episode 13, on February 9th, called Far Beyond the Stars, where, uh, let's read the, the, sub, the synopsis here, Experiencing a Vision from the Prophets, Cisco sees himself as Benny Russell, a sci-fi writer in the 50s, uh, struggles with civil rights and inequality when he writes the story of Captain Benjamin Cisco, a black commander of a futuristic space station. So Holy he's shit. he's in the 50s oh. writing for a sci-fi magazine, mm-hmm. just like uh, Heinlein and all those guys did at the time, but he's mm-hmm. writing about a futuristic spaceship, like a serialized story. He's writing DS9. Uh, and we've got a clip here where Cisco this is one of the I like I I've never watched Deep Space 9 mm-hmm. and I'm watching these clips and I'm like this is probably one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever it's mm-hmm. amazing uh this episode Cisco has just learned that this month's issue of that magazine or so whatever his character is uh back Benny Russell mm-hmm. he's learned that this month's issue of the magazine he's writing for will not be published and mm-hmm. he has an idea why and we can hear in the clip it's about my story isn't it that's what this is all about he didn't want to publish my story and we all know why. Because my hero is a colored man. Hey, this magazine belongs to Mr. Stone. If he doesn't want to publish this month, we don't publish this month. End of story. That doesn't make it right, and you know it. Don't tell me what I know. Besides, it's not about 
what's right. It's about what is. And I'm afraid I've got some more bad news for you, Benny. Mr. Stone has decided that your services are no longer required here. What? You're firing me? I have no choice, Benny. It's his decision. Well, you can't fire me. I quit. To hell with you! And to hell with... Try to stay calm, Benny. No, I'm tired of being calm. Calm never got me a damn thing. I'm warning you, Benny, if, if you don't stop this, I'm going to call the police. You go ahead, call them! Call anybody you want. They can't do anything to me. Not anymore, and nor can any of you. Yeah. And the Emmy goes too. Whoa! He should have won something because, goddamn, he is amazing in this episode. I don't know why people don't talk about Cisco more. Yeah, I've never heard of this episode. It's I think it's supposed to mirror a situation that happened with EC Comics. Oh, for sure. Oh, uh, I mean, there's that famous story about mm-hmm. the uh, the man who was an there's astronaut. A, there's a hooded astronaut. Yeah, we uh, never see him without his helmets. And who, he goes, who experiences alien racism is like, this is fucked up. Yeah, he what goes to hell? a planet where people, it's like one race is red, one race mm-hmm. is blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, the end of the story, he takes his helmet off and you realize it's a black guy. It's a black guy. And, and uh, they, they refuse to publish. They wouldn't publish it. Do you know what Do you know what the note was that got them to be allowed to publish it? Oh, make him look less sweaty or yes, angry? Yes, he was sweaty. And like he had like sweat glistening off him because he's in a spacesuit, yeah. and they made him. They made them take the sweat off of him. That's just some <laughs> shitty executive trying to win by compromise. Exactly, trying to be like, fine, well, you do this. Make him look less amazing in this beautiful art piece. Like, look at that, that panel. It's I'm great. never going to get to talk about EC Comics with you people, but it's it's an amazing comic. I read them all the time. I we read could them do a 60, 40, 50. <laughs> They're great, and they, uh, the fall of EC led to Mad Magazine mm-hmm. because magazines were under less scrutiny than comics in like the 1950s and 60s, which were which were then like what the way people talk about vloggers or yeah. used to talk about video games. They're the scourge plaguing our youth. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very, very interesting story. Yeah, magazines didn't have the same rules under the comics yeah. code because they weren't in color. Yeah. That was like the main thing. And horror comics were like were just the bane of Watchdogs Group's existence at that yeah. point. You know? uh, it, look up some uh, some selections from... Uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the book that... Uh, the Seduction of the Innocent. Ah, yes. Uh, the book that that piece of shit wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on, Teen Angel ends. After thank goodness. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yep. Yeah, I kind of feel bad because I know a lot of people say DS9 is like the best Star Trek show, and I've just never th- quite gotten into it. I think it. It's, it settles into the most underrated Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's it's some, some people have called it the least Star Trek in a good way. But just kind okay. of a look at a space station where aliens are constantly pulling in and pulling out. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a hub area where yeah. a lot of stuff goes in and out. So it's not about Starfleet really or traveling to other planets. Yeah, it's not about exploration as much. And it's also there's a lot more strife mm-hmm. in it, which Star Trek's supposed to be. We're supposed to be beyond that by that point mm-hmm. in the Starfleet world, where like there's no war and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know they want to have some conflict. And it was hard. There's a lot of stories of Star Trek writers who were on TNG, who were like modern TV writers in a world where like you know the X Files and Twin Peaks and stuff mm-hmm. exist, and they want to they want to be writing great stuff, but they have. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry. Uh, Gene Roddenberry's still there. He's a very old man, and he's saying like, no, we can't do these things. And they're and it, no, they're, he's not still around. Uh, he was around in the beginnings pitch, like when they're writing a lot of the stuff. No. And then, are you sure? I'm positive. Yeah. I think he died before Next Generation premiered. When did he die? <laughs> 
I remember he was there for the pitch and all that mm-hmm. and the introduction. Yeah, he, he was involved with it because the the writers had a lot of. Uh, he died nineteen ninety one. Okay. And and TNG okay, so started. They've in, been around for a couple years. Yeah. So he and there are stories of the writers being like, you know, he died. We're not glad he died, but there's somebody <laughs> not telling us not to write these stories mm. now, and we're we're happy about that. There's a documentary about that. I think it's still on Netflix. I, I remember the documentary on Netflix about the creation of TNG, where he's he kind of pulled off the project due to declining health and alcoholism. Yeah, he was very old and uh, was dying. But, you know, it's still like his baby. This is a terrible segue to Teen Angel, something I hope we don't talk anywhere near as long about. One um, season, 17 uh, episodes. Thank God we never have to talk about this again. <laughs> this is stupid and embarrassing. But it, but it ends with a last-ditch effort to save the show, it looks like. Uh, this, is, this, is, this isn't from the last episode, but oh, okay. it is one of those things where Sabrina was the Spider-Man of TGIF, where <laughs> at this point she went to every show to make you want to watch those shows. Mm-hmm. They even did a crossover where uh, somehow Teen Angel went to the 50s, and that's... <laughs> That's how they teamed up with Sabrina. I think it was when uh, there was a whole big crossover night where... And that's really confusing because the original Teenage I saw was set in the 50s. Oh, t- yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was like a big giant car crash with a with, with a 1950s motorcycle. <laughs> and when you try and Google the show, that's mostly what comes up. Yeah. It's hard to find because no one cares about the show. But here's a, a quick clip of uh, Teenage talking to Sabrina. So, uh, what do you think? They're in space. To Star Trek. <laughs> wow, pretty cool. But I have great powers, too. I can make any woman fall for me. Really? Now that I'd like to see. Very well. (laughs) Cool. When does the magic start? Not again. This is awful. It's awful. Uh, and, it's like, and it's over the credits. It's not even yeah. plot specific. It's over the credits. Then his patheticness makes her feel pity for him and give him a kiss on the cheek. And he says it works every time. Mm. Which is a bad lesson to teach kids. Uh, is this a real title? The Garbage Picking Field Goal Kicking Philadelphia Phenomenon? February oh, 15th is. movie. Yes. Ooh. That yep. A middle-aged sanitation worker, Tony Danza. Uh, ego swells when he becomes a star kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Go Yeags. These are we're, I'm talking to two Philly people who are probably excited about the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. <laughs> Has that happened yet? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just no? going to guess. Uh, if you want your wishes dash play the Patriots. That's all I know. I, you know, I am in my undisclosed location, but I will still throw D batteries at you. All right, all right. All right. As is the way of our people. I'll Maybe, back like, off. You know, Tony Danza's uh, he's local to Philly, so yeah. it's nice that they don't make him uh try harder <laughs> and he's from Pittsburgh or something. He made a reality show there. I feel like I feel like they're trying to harken back to the Don Knotts vehicle, Gus, the field goal kicking mule, or known <laughs> in other territories, Gus, the mule who could kick a field goal. <laughs> and now currently known as just Gus. When I picked it up on that. DVD. Uh, it's it's bad. I tried watching parts of it. So this is the, this movie. It came out on VHS. I thought you Philly people love bad football movies about your town. Hey, when Marky Mark's doing it, that's different. Invincible. Uh, when uh, yeah, it's just the kids in the uh, not kids in the hall. The, mm. <laughs> the, forget it. Uh, the always sunny quote. So this yeah. this movie sucks. I tried watching parts <laughs> of it. It's a TV movie through and through. It came out of VHS, but the only way to watch it in full that I could find the internet, maybe you can pay for it somewhere, uh, is on YouTube, fully recorded with somebody's cell phone. The whole movie. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, so That's you know, commitment. How much storage did that take up? When did you do that? It might have been like a handy cam or something. But okay. so you know how we always, sometimes we have trouble finding clips where we're like, fuck, it's another thing yeah. where a guy just recorded off his TV. Yeah. This is the whole movie recorded that way. And I was like, I'm not getting any clips from this. Yeah. Screw this. And it's also got the freaking free cam rip, you know. Wow, bandy cam. Yeah, I think it's bandy yeah. cam on the front of it. 
It's just the worst way I could ever imagine watching the worst movie. Like I might that when I go to hell, that's what I'm gonna have to watch <laughs> with uh, buffering. Uh, we also have uh, a debut of uh, not a debut, the X Files episode Kill Switch. Yes, Kill Switch uh, on February fifteenth. This is a classic bad X Files. Mm. Just uh, play the clip here. It really lays it out in this promo. Sunday on the X Files. It's locking on. What is? Cyberspace holds a deadly secret in an episode by sci-fi master William Gibson and Tom Maddox. When you said it was targeting us, you meant an artificial intelligence. Artificial life. A special month of the X-Files continues on an all-new episode Sunday on Fox. Oh. Yeah, William Gibson wrote oh, an no. X-Files episode, so it's about AIs and Mulder gets trapped in a computer and his arms get taken off. <laughs> it, it, so it's a huh? common theme whenever X-Files deals with tech. That episode holds up pretty poorly. Yes, it's always bad for some reason. I mean, anything that has the word cyberspace in the <laughs> description of it is going to be bad, but... This is yeah. So you're thinking of the video game episode yeah. primarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. X Files. It's one of the best shows ever. It's got mm-hmm. a. Lo- it's like Batman the Animated Series. We're like mm-hmm. we're remembering like ten percent of it when mm-hmm. we remember like this is one of the X Files was amazing. You're remembering like a few episodes a season. Mm-hmm. In the middle, it gets really good. Where like most of the season's good, but no, I, I totally with you on that. And on most shows that had twenty episodes a year, exactly, it's hard to go back and watch all of those. Yeah. And also, like, a lot of the stuff we remember from X-Files, like, the stuff that made it influential and mm-hmm. important, like, the whole lore stuff, mm-hmm. is the worst stuff. Like, the lore <laughs> of the X-Files is real bad, especially yeah. when they find out where his sister went, like, three times. Yeah, I'm a Monster of the Week fan. If it was a lore episode, I, I tuned out a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're going to make it more complicated. Oh, no, mm-hmm. more complicated. And now we're in the midst uh, of the second. Aliens did it. No, really, government did it. No, bees did it. Uh. <laughs> Cyberspace bees. Uh, no. That episode Cyber sucks, bees. but the commercial's fun. So well, I wanted to and play. games of 1998, February 9th to the 15th. The most notable debut is the debut of Xenogears. Mm, two PS1. huge RPGs. Mm-hmm. We talked about already. Xenogears for PS1. The uh, the Evangelion of PS1 RPGs. <laughs> it's, it's about religion and it's about looking inside yourself and all that stuff. And Jeremy Parrish will tell you it sucks. Yeah. So in, in market terms, unpalatable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but that is it for 1998, February 9th to the 15th. We will take you out with some uh, music from The Wedding Singer, and we will come back in 2008. Stay tuned, folks. Greetings on the fence listener who can't decide which Patreon to support. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the host, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Well, speaking of Ted Danson, I've been watching a great show on Netflix. What? Cheers. Don't sleep on it. I'm totally... Totally serious. I've been rewatching Cheers. Uh, I don't know why. I just put on episode one. I'm like, I can, I can dig into this, and it's just like, I watched for some reason in syndication like all of Cheers as a kid. No, you weren't kidding. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm rewatching Cheers. Uh, which is what I do with my life, by the way. And as a kid, I watched all of it and I laughed at some jokes. But now that I'm like relatively the age it. of everyone in the bar, I'm like, oh, this makes a lot more sense now. 
and this is great. The writing's great. Like, I mean, it is one of the best sitcoms of all time. This is not news, but watch Cheers, you know? It's wow. been 35 years. Watch you sure it. you want to? Oh, wow. You're going to die on I'm that going out on Watch Cheers, right. everybody. Up next, MacGyver. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And get tons of exclusive commentaries, podcasts, and videos in exchange. ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of february 9th through 15th uh, honestly the 75 years ago this week uh, we got another basil rathbone sherlock holmes movie which honestly they churn those out i think the last one was like two months ago but there's so much fun that i kind of don't care um, but my actual recommendation this week is going to be 40 years ago, February 15th, 1978, uh, Hal Ashby's Coming Home was released. I always thought that this was going to be like the cheesiest, most Oscar bait sort of movie. And then I finally watched it and I was like, I feel really stupid. It's about uh, John Voight as a disabled Vietnam veteran and he meets up with housewife, sort of repressed person Jane Fonda. And then they have a very interesting relationship and sort of cope with his PTSD and her problems with her marriage and I mean it's Hal Ashby who did I mean being there and the last detail and freaking Harold and Maude I don't know if he made a bad movie I don't know maybe there's one I haven't seen I've never heard of uh but I was really surprised that coming home is how you make something that looks like Oscar bait and actually make it really beautiful and interesting and it holds up 40 years later so that's my recommendation for this week stay classic they tried to make me go to rehab, I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, they try to make me go to rehab. Coming in with a rehab by Amy Winehouse. Which one album, record, and song of the year at the Grammys this week uh, in 2008? Low by Flo Rida is still number one. And we have new releases by uh, Great White Whale by Secret and Whisper. Bring Me Your Love by City and Color. And Do You Like Rock Music by British Sea Power. Were all those auto-generated? Um, <laughs> anyway... <clears throat> We are in uh, 2008, February 9th to the 15th. A little bit of news. February 12th, the Writers Guild strike finally ends. Yay! Yay. And if you did not listen to our Laser Time episode about that focused kind of a lot on the writer strike, it wouldn't really end for you, the viewer, for another few months because now it means writers can start writing things again and they can start making things again. Oh, even longer than that. I mean, it affected movies and yep. TV shows. I mean, we're still, we talked uh, just a little while ago about Walk Hard. Mm-hmm. That movie, mm-hmm. no one's seen it because of the writer's strike. Yeah, no one could promote it and, and you're you're getting short, throughout the year you'll get short seasons, you'll get a horrible Transformers movie and a horrible Wolverine movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, um, those yeah. Transformers too. And uh, uh, not a horrible movie, an underrated James Bond movie. Mm. Uh, yeah. Quantum of Solace. But one that could have been better. It could have been much better. the writer's better. strike got in the way. Yes, but it is better than people give it credit for. Mm. Absolutely. Um, movies 2008, February 9th to the 15th. Who could forget the greatest Harry Potter ripoff since Percy Jackson Lightning Thief? <laughs> uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Arthur Spiderwick's feel good to the fantastical world around you. 
Warning, do not dare to read this book, for if you take one fateful look, you face a deadly consequence. CGI animals will attack you. (laughs) I wish I was younger. I would have devoured all of these Harry Potter ripoffs because I do like the Harry Potter movies, but Mm -hmm. Jesus There are so many. I I would love to do just a laser time where we actually like go watch some of these. Mm. Um, So many things want to be the next Harry Potter. And then like if you read into books, like there were so, so many. I mean, for every movie, there is literally a hundred books that we're trying to be Harry Potter. Yeah, it was like, and then there's a hundred books that are trying to be Hunger Games. Yep. And it's like every single book for every 12 year old is about the post-apocalypse. <laughs> and, and then there's like maybe a magic doodads. We can throw some Harry Potter in there. And yeah, Oh my God. Yeah, I read way too many Someone of those Someone please books. have a new idea. It, it's, it's, it is amazing because the books themselves are not Harry Potter ripoffs, but Hollywood desperate to create the new Harry Potter licensed any Almost any book series yeah. got an option. Anything magical about ten-year-old kids, including one written by a fifteen-year-old boy. Hello, Aragorn. Aragorn. Ar- Ar- Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah, yeah, not Aragorn. Uh, we also have. Oh man, this is a counter-programming if I've ever seen it. <laughs> step up to the streets to the streets. No, no. step up to colon. Step, step up to the streets. Step up to the colons. The streets. Yeah. The streets is about the best dance crew showing off what they've got. I like it. Ooh. Careful, Andy West. I might just give you a compliment. You realize those competitions are illegal. Now, we all fucking know this is the best Step Up movie, and I'm not going to hear any fucking argument to the contrary. (laughs) I'm going to bat for Step Up 2. It gets a lot of shit in the dance community. I, I'm no, totally winning this. Op- no, those I'm are totally people that give it what it deserves. It's the people who don't appreciate dance films. Which these, I don't. These movies are dumb as hell, but have <laughs> yeah. some of the most incredible dance choreography you will see on film made in the last 50 years. I, I really wish they wouldn't even have plots mm-hmm. or acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just... I will happily pay money to watch 90 minutes of dance numbers. Yeah, seriously. Like, to hire a celebrity to just... Why don't you just introduce another dance sequence? We don't need a love subplot here. It's like Final Destination. Just go on YouTube and watch all the dance sequences. They're going to tear down the mini mall if we don't cut a rug. Mm. And it's what, <laughs> just it's, guessing that's what the movie said. <laughs> cut like a rug. an old man. Yeah, Channing Tatum said cut a rug. Uh, and it's the movies that gave us Channing Tatum. Oh, is it? The, yeah. Isn't the first one? Real first professional one, yeah. dancer. Mm. He's, yeah, is he's he not got, I think he's got a cameo in this one. Yeah, I, I love that they figured out that... Maybe we shouldn't hire actors and teach them to dance. Let's hire dancers and then make them say a couple lines. Yeah. Yeah. These things are full of just professional dancers who are amazing. In terms of instructor fees, that seems like the cheaper way to go about this. Um, (laughs) Word for breaking. Also, in movies I haven't seen, definitely maybe a movie starring Ryan Reynolds, Isla Fisher, uh, Abigail Breslin, Elizabeth Banks, and Rachel Wise. Now that you're divorced, I think you're telling the story of you and my mom. Come on, tell me how you met her. Fine. I'm going to tell you the story. I'm changing all the names. Good. And I'm not telling you who your mom is. I like it. It's like a love story mystery. Wait, how, how old is Ryan Reynolds? I've seen this show. How, what? This, isn't this show still on television at this time, though? What? How, how I Met Your Mother. Isn't this How oh, I Met Your Mother? I see, yes. So this movie uh, mm-hmm. was the beginning of 90s nostalgia. This movie really? it's oh, set okay. in the '90s because it's about Abigail Bres. It's about meeting Abigail Breslin's mother, mm-hmm. and this is 2008, and Abigail Breslin's probably about eight years old, mm-hmm. and, and he met the mother presumably nine months before she was born, at least. How old is Ryan Reynolds? That ten years ago he had an eight-year-old daughter. Uh, he's in his forties now. Is he? Yeah, really? right. I guess it could happen. That probably had her in high sense. school. Yeah, maybe uh, middle school. But it's a, it's a fine, cute, stupid movie. <laughs> There's no reason to watch it ever. There you go. Mm. 
Put well, that on the box. Well, she want to be like, what happened to Abigail Breslin? Is she still here? <laughs> uh, also out this week, I Could Never Be Your Woman with Michelle Ru- Pfeiffer and Paul Rudd. Oh. Rosie's daughter is growing up too fast. Congratulations. You're a woman. Let the games begin. Her ex refuses to act his age. What happened to your head? <laughs> I'd have some plugs removed because the hairs were growing into my head instead of out of it. And every day, Mother Nature reminds her she's getting older. You can job and peel and nip and tuck, but your insides are still rotting what? away. But love has other plans. This is Adam? No, wait. What? Give me a sec. <laughs> How'd he do that? This guy who used to be my roommate is playing in a band on Friday night. What do you say? Okay. How old are you? Why, how old are you? 37. What do you think? Why did she spit out uh, uh, coffee at my age? <laughs> Good <laughs> lord. Wait, was Michelle Pfeiffer really 37? Because she's lying. No, she's lying. She's lying. This uh, cast. Funny when people lie about their age. It's pretty astonishing. The, I'll buy a lot from a movie. But that John Lovitz was ever married to a woman, I cannot... To Michelle Pfeiffer. To Michelle to Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> but <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, Paul Rudd, Saoirse Ronan, uh, Stacey f- Dash, Fred Willard, John Lovitz, uh, Tracy Ullman, who we saw in the trailer there. Mm-hmm. But we also saw David Mitchell in the trailer. I swear, seeing, yeah. seeing Tracy Ullman in that trailer made me feel like, is she a time traveler? Can anybody else see her? She's she looks a- just like <laughs> Tracy Ullman like 20 years ago. She's a doctor. She, <laughs> okay. she's, she's the actual first lady doctor. Uh, this movie yeah. looks horrible, but I want to see what D- David Mitchell was in an American comedy ten years ago. I'm not sure. Did I yeah, see Green well, I mean, this there? is it's directed by Amy Heckerling, who a lot of people oh. like. I mean, she's clueless and look who's talking. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the idea of okay, let's do you know romantic comedy about uh, you know an older woman and uh, and Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. which is I mean, which that's not I'm a on thing, board, baby. Yeah, that's hey. not a thing you see a lot. God damn, yeah. and you well, don't see a lot, and like everyone just sort of shrugged and it. it mm-hmm disappeared oh she was 50 at the time she was born in 1958 Ooh, wow and paul red would have been what probably not even 40 and probably in his early, yeah. early to mid 30s and the last our final movie is it's impossible to tell though because he doesn't age, yeah, he doesn't age. Yeah. Our, our final movie is, pro- is sadly the least notable uh <laughs> jumper it's number one of the box office starring hayden christian and sam jackson you think he can jump all over the place and nothing's gonna happen but they've noticed don't run i just want to ask you some questions you think you could go on like this forever? Living like this with no consequences? I think in, a, in like a pre-Marvel world, I am, I'm kind of shocked this didn't take a bigger hold on people. I it's remember it had not a great fans. film. But it's fun. It is fun. I never saw it. Hayden Christensen it's is... Uh, better a, than I expected. Yeah. yeah and, and the effects are fun. And like, they, like, every, like this small society of people that have teleportation abilities... Which is undeniably awesome. It allows then that scene. Samuel L. Jackson is confronting him in this palatial loft where he's basically stolen everything he could ever want. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a Will Forte's house in the beginning of uh, Last Man on Earth. If you can just walk in and take anything you want because you have teleportation abilities, why not go do that? But the fight sequences. Yeah, a margarita are, of kitty pool. The fight sequences are pretty cool because it always involves. Yeah, teleportation of moves. It's like that opening scene of X Men Two as a whole movie. Yeah, and and I I don't know. Somebody else go before I go off on my riff on this because this is so weird for me. Diana, um, you've seen it. Talk about it. Uh, it's better than I expected. Um, it's got a sloppy sequel setup at the end because yes. everything <laughs> does. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden Christensen is a lot less hateful than he is in the prequels, um, but not as good as Shattered Glass. Mm-hmm. Shattered Glass. It's just sort of. <laughs> eh. Fine. I wonder how this went over in England since it's technically called sweater. 
<laughs> uh, it's a Doug Lyman directed movie with a script from from David Goyer. We're going to ruin many of Marvel. Oh, movies. hey, fuck that guy. Um, but, Hate but that guy. I still like it. Wasn't bad enough not to have been bigger. It just feels like this had franchise potential. It cost. It made two hundred twenty two million dollars at the domestic box office. Jesus Christ! And for me, it yeah. was notable. Ah, this is so dumb. But it's gonna we'll segue into games eventually. I'll I'll talk about it then. How about that? If you're bored of the jumper talk, don't listen to any more of the episode. I'll save it. To, <laughs> yeah. I'll save it for later. No, the people yeah. who want to talk about jumper have been waiting for it for ten years. Like because it was it was set, weirdly a big part of my life for a brief moment. So I'll, yeah. we'll get into that in the games. Um, yeah, I find it really fascinating though. It's like in '88, we've still got good uh, Good Morning Vietnam. You know, still has legs. Is still number one after mm-hmm. a bunch of weeks. And Titanic is going to be there for a million freaking years. And then when you get to 2008, every single week is a different number one movie. Yeah, Nothing like, has any staying power. It's like a one-week tag. Boom, you're in. Well, we were uh, we were starting the golden age of television. Mm-hmm. That's probably That is true. Breaking Bad it. was on. Everyone went home. Yes. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, TV, speaking, 2008, February 9th to the 15th. Speaking of which, February 9th, the sci-fi original movie The Bone Eater airs. Let's okay. watch some of this trailer. Something deadly. Hey, Lou, go ahead and move to your left about a foot, would you? Whoa, hey, hey, hey. What was that? No! <laughs> One sheriff. What are you going to do? I'm going to try to find that delusion. Must uncover. Hey, Professor, check this out. That's our dinosaur boat. An ancient mystery. Run, Molly! Run! Oh, my God. I, so the sci-fi channel what original is movie is over 10 years old yes this is the uh the mr bones movie basically it's, <laughs> and everything i see so like it says right there it says 07 mm-hmm. but i've only been able to find that it premiered here so i think they made a movie oh, yeah, and it sure. sold it to sci-fi i think maybe this is before they were like sci-fi was making their own original movies they were just buying straight to dvd garbage and yeah. premiering it on their channel uh, my uncle's in one of them, Mansquito. Uh, <laughs> but every, nice. he just happened wants- to be a lawyer in Bulgaria, and they needed someone who spoke English. Watch the Bone Eater trailer to see a man stand in a wide open desert and then still get surprised by a CGI skeleton. <laughs> there, there are better CGI skeletons in that pirates porn movie than that. <laughs> well, that's, that was a million dollar porn movie. It was. It I was. Rented it shows. I rented it from Hollywood Video with, it shows. A, with a friend of mine. Uh, also, February tenth, Aquatine uh, Hunger Force. Yeah, we're talking about Aquatine again because uh, it's it's on and it's. This is- <laughs> One of my favorite things that was on around yeah, this, this time. Yeah, this is a great season. This is the episode, The Ridiculous, where uh, Carl gets a machine to make his dick bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's watch a clip from it. Who looks busy? Yeah, let it go. You're, you're not going to be able to stop him now. What do you mean? It's called Ridiculous. Ain't you never seen it out on TV? Hey, baby, come back to pit you up later. Only it ain't pit they sound. It's another word. It sound like pit, but it's like an inverted P at the beginning. So, you know, it's a different word that sound like pit, but it ain't the word pit. It's a different I word. I get it. <laughs> Carl, Carl sitting it's, on that The thing. image is wonderful. It looks like a, it looks like it a, looks like that thing you drop a quarter in and put a kid on just yes. so it can ride a rocket ship. But it's it's, it's like a, a Tron it's, light cycle that's got this giant hose going on his, his penis. penis but he's vibrating. also wearing a helmet and he's reading a magazine. <laughs> and that noise, that deafening noise. Oh my god! It's just such a funny image. Oh but, my god, uh, I am so disappointed because for some reason I just looked it up to see like, wait, when are we getting to this one episode that is my favorite Aqua Teen episode? Mm-hmm. And I imagine, I remember it being around this time, but mm-hmm. it's actually from the second season, so it's not until we get to the 03s, man. Mm. Which one was it? 
Oh, Super Spore with Travis of the Cosmos. Oh, yes. Oh, man, the, I had those blob DVDs. that comes to Earth looking for a job with a 401k <laughs> and then throws acid on food to eat it and laughs about it. And he has kind of a Japanese accent. And I remember watching that episode, and I laughed so hard that we had to, like, rewind it and watch oh, it again. Yeah. 401k. Uh, yes. That's I, the best. I, I have lots of friends because I force them to be my friends with fire ants. <laughs> Uh, and I'm, then on. I'm so um, I'm sorry that I just distracted from this Aqua Teen hunger for us with no. Dick. I love talking about Aqua Teen. Uh, uh, we may or may not be doing uh, later time, but it'll swim soon. Mm. We're talking oh. about it. Uh, February 10th, Whitest Kids You Know mm. is in. I think the second season at this point. Yeah, on a, on a what channel? Fuse uh, or something like that. Were they not on IFC? I think they got moved there eventually, but like it I remember, Whitest Kids You Know started as a like a internet sketch group mm-hmm. about a television show and so that meant for me they disappeared <laughs> and and but they were but when like streaming services first started like netflix really hung their hat on like oh, yeah. all the whitest kids stuff and it yeah, was yeah, that really was, like, fun one of the big first uh like uh streaming darlings of netflix and i went back kids, to looking know? like is there any of this stuff still streaming nah no it's hard to find uh it's most of it's on youtube mm. but not like in full episode chunks but uh this is this is when it starts it starts to get pretty good it's a weird show it's, i we, love it we recently it talked odd it's very odd. We recently talked on bonus time about the birthday boys, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> you think they might have not enough context mm-hmm. because they're so mm-hmm. weird. What is kid you know is like even crazier because it's it's multiple less... sketches about killing Lincoln. Yes, it's oh my yeah. god, <laughs> well, you fucked up. Now you fucked up. You have <laughs> fucked up now. It's it's just like the they're it's so unpremisey but also very premisey where all their sketches are like one joke. They mm-hmm. just hit again and again, but there's no floor like they sell out every sketch immediately because every <laughs> character doesn't give a shit or commit to anything and they just throw in whatever kind of joke they want which if you take a sketch class you're told mm-hmm. like don't do that mm-hmm. only put in the jokes you know if you're like starting only put in jokes that like make sense and don't have and have a character that's an actual character like the one where the parents are leaving kids alone and the dad just keeps talking about how the mom's like getting her tubes tied so now he can bust inside of her. That's what he keeps saying. <laughs> so it's like, why is he saying that to these kids? Uh, it's just crazy. But this episode had a sketch uh, called Air Dry, which has a very special guest. Um, a little bit about me. I am a strong, independent woman. And my career is really important to me. Um, I don't use tampons. I air dry. And I'm loyal to my friends to a fault. Um, Some of my pet peeves are I don't like it when people just don't say what they mean or they just say what you want to hear because it's like, you know what, life is too short to deal with people like this. Am I right? It's like, move on. Um, Also, I just like to say that I like to lay everything out on the table. So look at me, you know, what you see is what you get. <laughs> Most of that sketch is visual, just Trevor's yeah. face. It's her, her on a date with Trevor Moore, and he just just watching his face fall throughout that whole monologue. <laughs> with Jenny Slate, Jenny Slate, pre SNL, air dry is not a thing. Free flow is a thing, though. Yeah, that's a just saying, just coming in with the lady lady facts. <laughs> Glad you're here, Diana. <laughs> Gross. Uh, February. I'm I'm the man who's okay with menstruation. What's that? Oh. Kids in the sketch. Hall sketch. Yep. Yep. Uh, You're the guy. The guy who has a positive attitude about menstruation. About menstruation. Uh, February 11th, Girlfriends ends after eight seasons. Mm-hmm. 172 Aww. episodes. I've never heard of this show. You never heard of it? No. You don't even remember the commercials or anything? No, I didn't have UPN or WB oh, in right, my town okay. ever. It was one of the longest running sitcoms of oh, the time. Shit. Uh, it's got to be the longest running sitcom with a primarily black cast, right? 
Uh, it ran. That's new to me too. It's <laughs> eight seasons. I thought it was going to be lesbians. <laughs> eight seasons, <laughs> 172 episodes on UPN, then into the CW when UPN and mm-hmm. WB merged. Uh, premiered on 9/11 2000, not mm-hmm. the bad 9/11. Uh, <laughs> the on UPN 9/11. and then you know moved to the CW uh, before being canceled this year. The final episode aired uh, February 11th, uh, and then it returns in. Wait, hang on. All right, I'll just cut out that. But it is the longest-running sitcom on network television that was mm. on air at the time. And that's wow. just worth pointing out. I, wow. I could have gotten a clip from it, but it's I don't know the show very well, and I don't know the best joke to get. But it was a fine show. It was very, never very se- frenzy. Very, it was a sitcom. Never seen it for a second. Yeah, it's not it's not a great show, but it's, it's historically important, and that's cool to talk about. Uh, yeah. It was one of the highest-rated scripted shows on television among African-American adults, 18 to 34, which mm-hmm. is... That's not like a demographic TV ever gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. But that's all I really have to say about it. If you want to hear some of the intro, we can. <laughs> that's enough. <I've laughs> that's enough. I think that's good. We're covered. Yep. It says the title, you wins the show. Yeah. Moving to the video game to 2008, uh, February 9th through the 15th. We got Wipeout Pulse uh, hitting back on the PSP. I think it'd been a while. There hadn't been a good Wipeout game in a while. Wipeout games are cool. Yeah, futuristic racing. Uh, we also have Lost Odyssey, a game I own and have not played, but one of the, I'll say maybe last Xbox Japanese pushes where they try and buy up a Japanese yeah. property from. Uh, this is Final Fantasy Saka. Sakaguchi? Yeah. Sakaguchi making the Gooch. Uh, making a epic RPG for only Xbox. And yeah. I think it's now officially backwards compatible. So if you find a copy, it's it's pretty beloved. And it was a big push. I remember uh, I got a big tote bag at Comic-Con that mm. year that had it on there. I mean, it was like a plastic. It wasn't like a real tote bag. I know the but. intro is beautiful, but I'm like, I, this is four discs. It was, it was, it was <laughs> yes. the, the last time you had multi-disc games. It was one Just of the... Just the intro is four discs. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those times you really felt the Xbox being like, we wish we were on Blu-ray. <laughs> and and this is I I don't want to go I love going off on this because I have very few inside media stories but Jumper Griffin story mm-hmm. came out day and date with Based the on movie the film we just talked about uh, and I played a ton of it because I was somehow selected working in the games press to go and see a preview for all of these movie based games there was a company that uh, decided to form itself called Brash Entertainment oh, yeah. in order just to create games based on movies so if you you know how that works games take a lot longer to make than movies they don't have a lot of details they have to scramble it usually games based on movies are really shitty mm-hmm. and brash decided to make make their entire thing like no work with us we'll get a really great game out in time for your film can it I won't read, be delayed can i read their entire release history <laughs> it I, i'll tell you what i previewed at this event at like this two-day okay. event i previewed space chimps sure wanted i previewed uh jumper griffin story uh-huh. and most notably and this was crazy because this is back when, like, I don't know, maybe Games Press meant something. It's like, we're going to show you a trailer for a new game. And remember, we only make games based on movies, <laughs> but the movie hasn't been announced. And they just show us this trailer. And Can we, I guess which one this is? Please. Is it Tales of Despero? It is not. It is, is, is not Saw either. Is it Alvin and the Chipmunks? It is not. Is it Clash of Titans? No, it's even it's more boring than you can ever imagine. Is it Six Flags Fun Park? No, like we had to <laughs> we had to come to the decision that then it's not on my list. We yeah they closed down pretty quickly on this business model, but that they were basically debuting. Do you remember what I just said about the production schedule of games and movies? Mm-hmm. They have to start working on a game really early to have it hit day and Wait, date. Is it a superhero game? No, it oh, was. Man. We had to conclude because they wouldn't. There was no title. They wouldn't tell us what it was. Okay. So we, I basically oh. saw concept footage. For Hercules, a Hercules movie that never, ever, ha- ever huh. happened. 
Uh, and oh. yes, yeah, so I love that I was in the room to see that. Like, what the fuck was that? I don't know. What do you think it was? Feel free <laughs> to write about it. I'm like, I'm not writing about just just a muscular guy in fire. Like, what was that? And like, they, they eventually kind of like, I don't know. Who do you think it was? Maybe a popular character from you know legend, myth, and like Played we all guess rock. it's it's Hercules. And like, I remember it took The Rock like another eight years to make a Hercules yeah, movie. Yeah, that movie's like not that, that old. Quietly went out, but like it was crazy. Anyway, that's my stupid. But I remember I have a preview up on Games Radar for it made me review for Jumper's Griffin story. They made a game based on Six Flags. Yeah, of all theme parks, they tried. Get. They tried. Oh, they really did try. They made um, a Prison Break game as well. Brash Entertainment, R.I.P. Only lasted one or two years. Um, mm. But that is it for the show. Um, we got to start gathering some comments at some point so we can read those off. But again, check us out on patreon.com slash laser time. We do a bonus show every week. Matt and I have done a bunch of commentaries as of late. Uh, Animaniacs. Uh, we did an Animaniacs commentary, no sync required. A UHF commentary if you have a copy of the movie, full length with our buddy Dave Rudden. Uh, we also have a laser time episode celebrating Weird Al to coincide with that commentary. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, and was a commentary in the defeminized Star Wars cut that was all in the news a few weeks ago. It is wonderfully terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, check out our uh, patreon.com slash laser time to get that and hundreds of other commentaries and all kinds of stuff we put out. It is how we're allowed to do this ev- each and every week, and we thank you guys so much for it. Um, and also check out uh, Laser Time, Talking Simpsons, and of course, Video Game Apocalypse, the weekly video game show hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez. Uh, but Diana, we got to we got to move into our deaths, <gasps> don't we? Yeah, sorry, we got some deaths. Uh, in 1998, Buddy the dog from Airbud passed away. He was oh, ten. I am ten? so sad. Dave's not here to say that dog is dead. <laughs> That's so young for but, a dog. I mean, the sadder one is 2008. Roy Scheider passed away. Oh, really? Geez, really? 75. Yeah, and it was so weird because he had recorded stuff for Family Guy, and it's almost a year later that comes out. I mean, they're doing that right now. We're still hearing Carrie Fisher and Adam West on episodes of Family Guy as yeah. of this recording. It's like, oh. Oh, I hate animation production schedules. Roy Scheider was on Family Guy? Uh, probably as a guest spot, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I did a guest spot with uh, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, I wonder <laughs> what that was parody. Yeah, and there's All a point chest. where it's just like, they're like walking off like, hey, you want to go get a beer? Yeah, that'd be kind of nice. I'm like, aww. aww. But as always, we got a birthday quiz. Birthday quiz! Oh, birthday Diana, who was born this week? All right, coming out of Classic Corner. Turning 75 years old, born February 9th, 1943, in Lavalette, New Jersey. He was a child actor appearing on TV's Star Time Kids with Connie Francis. Thank you, Rooney. Then he branched out to music. Then acting, appearing in Easy Money, Once Upon a Time in America, JFK. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Oh, wow. Yes. That Easy Money, I'm like, it's not Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) It can only be Joe Pesci. He's Um, been in a lot fewer movies than I thought. Yeah, dude, he hasn't been in anything in about 10 years. It's been a long time. Yeah. Speaking of Family Guy, this is what we thought a tough guy was in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a little little Wolverine. He's a little tiny, but he's... (laughs) That is it for 302010. We encourage you to go to 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com and leave your comments on the show because we love your anecdotes. They're just as special as ours. They're really fun to read uh, for us and the other uh, the other fans. So check it. Please check that out. We will close out the show with Shake Your Pom Pom by Missy Elliott off the Step Up 2 soundtrack. We will see you next week for February 16th through the 22nd. Shake, how to really shake, how to really shake, 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 shake,
booty shake like an earthquake. There is no escape when I shake it in your face. Now don't you wanna tape a booty shaking on your tape? So show it to your boys and see the look on all their face. I move it to the left, move it to the right. Double time, double time.